2: again by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner, gets up, center! Perry! Score! Corey Perry! Oh, able to shake away from
0: Solani. It's giving away to Solani
1: And it's 12, friends. It's 12. 12 straight losses. Eddie and I are here to break this down. The Ducks fall to the Detroit Red Wings basically in the third period. 3-1, to one, and uh, oh boy, we have quite the show oh for boy. you guys tonight. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. i just excited to break this one down tonight, Eddie. You know what? It, it's so funny watching
2: the transition of, of like people just get pissed and get more and more pissed until it hit like 9 and 10. And now it's like almost people are just rooting for it to get higher. <laughs> it's, like, it's like how many can we get? Can we break the record? Is that possible? Can we can we get to 18? I don't get can it. Can we get to 18 and Mandy Carla won't get fired? Like It's like people are just like hoping we're going to get there now. They're like, oh, how bad can this get? Because it's just hysterical. It's not like Detroit's
1: a good team. Um, they they had they lost every, thirteen of
2: their last sixteen.
1: Every opportunity. Well, I mean, we've lost uh, like ten of our last ten. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, but I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to get like an upside here. <laughs> There's there. I mean, I'm laughing about it now. I'm very frustrated by this team. I don't know what is going on with the management. I don't know what's going on with the players. Uh, it, it's just for whatever reason they can't get it together. Not only are they losing, they're not scoring. They're just not scoring. And Pittsburgh was the highlight for the goals, right? Uh, tonight, only one goal, one, and it was deflected. But one goal on Jimmy Howard and the Red Wings. I mean, that's just it's it's been tough times, man. Big, big tough time. Yeah, it's the same problems. You can't score any goals. It's been like that for a while. Pontus Abberg
2: scratched for fourth straight game because <laughs> Randy Carlisle said he can't compete. He's not contributing on forecheck and the backcheck. He's not uh working. He's not like filling, fulfilling his defensive responsibilities. Well, are you not in communication with with Bob Murray? Do you not know that this is what you should expect from politics This is the type of player that he is. He How can he compete if he's not playing in the game? I well, yeah, that's ridiculous to begin with. <laughs> what? He doesn't he does not backcheck. He is just a pure offensive forward. And he's very streaky. But when he's on his game, he's on his game. He has the skill to do it. But you can't expect this guy to play defense. There's some guys, there's some fours who just don't have it. They can't play defense. That's why you play him with Ryan Getzlaff so he doesn't have to play defense. Because if you're playing with Getzlaff and Raquel, you're hoping that most of the time you don't have to play defense because that's your top line. And that's why he's out there. I I, I agree with it. If you don't want to take Sprong or Cash or Richie out of your top six, then having Pontus Avery scratch makes sense because if you play him with Kessler, you play him with Carter Brownie. He's probably not going to get that many opportunities, and then it's going to be a problem when you've got, I guess, your shutdown line or fourth line who gets mismatched, and you've got a guy who can't play defense. So I get that, but I mean, if if you, like if you're going to say it's because he doesn't back check, that's
1: just ridiculous. I mean, you you got to change it up. You got to do something. Um, and they did. They traded Andrew Cogliano. Uh, over to the Dallas Stars, um, basically for his replacement of a little lesser value in Devin Shore, although seven years younger. We can get some more of that breakdown after we we uh, stroll through this lovely game. Uh John Gibson makes a start in net. Uh, I got to say I was a little surprised. Surprise, surprise. Really? I was, yeah, I was a little surprised. Like, doesn't the dude deserve a break? I mean, they're not playing well in front of him. Mix it up. Give the guy the night off and yeah, let him th- throw Chad Johnson in and get the automatic loss if you're gonna lose anyway then lose like I mean <laughs> whatever why I-, I think Gibby deserves the break I mean it- it- he doesn't get any breaks while he's in the net so embrace the tank embrace the tank play Chad Johnson <sighs> the rest of the rest of the way out. that's what
2: I've been saying because yeah. because if you play like this you it doesn't really matter if you play John Gibson or not because you're ruining his uh, Vezina chances anyway so <laughs> yeah, just, give, just give the guy a break play Chad Johnson for the next 20 games and go on a, what, 32-game losing streak. Do what you got to do. do what you you got to get do. Hughes Lose or you, you got to get
1: Kako, right? You got to get one of those two guys. That's how. That's what it's coming to at this mm. point. And that's
2: what everybody wants. It's no longer, I want to get a win so we can get out of this losing streak. It's, I, w- I want Hughes. I want Cabo Kako. Let's hit the, like, the most ridiculous thing that, that's so funny about how everybody's handling this, and it's great, I love it, is that Everybody just wants to beat the
1: record, or they're just just so curious to see how far this is going to go. I mean, well, what are you supposed to do at this point, right? Management's not giving anyone any sort of insight or clue as to what their plan is, other than changes are going to be made, we expect more out of our guys. Great. Yeah. That's well, what we've I heard mean, for I, two years, Bob. Yeah, I
2: brought up a good point in a YouTube chat. He said, I'm almost curious what it's going to take to get the Samuelis involved. I mean, that's, that's the only point I th- see anything happening, right? Because Bob Murray's not doing anything. Otherwise, he would have done it by now. I don't she know. traded Cogliano. What does that do?
1: Didn't help. I mean, Devin Shore looked okay tonight. I didn't think he looked out of place. I didn't think he looked terrible. But I mean, Cogliano didn't look out of place. Didn't look terrible most nights too. He just couldn't score a goal. Um, supposed we, to score let's let's wander through this uh, this snooze fest of a game because we have to. Um, we got to talk about a goal scorer who hasn't, you know, been around for a bit and now has two in the past few games. So we could get to that. But I mean, you're looking at a, a game that largely, Eddie. I know you missed the first period, but you didn't really miss anything. It was so boring. Um, literally, I wrote in the middle of our notes, "boring." With I should have put twelve O's, but I didn't. Um, I think I put like six or seven. Just you know, it's what happened. Just but, makes it that much more dramatic. But we got to talk about a play that did happen in this. It wasn't good. It's not good for Anaheim. It's going to affect them uh, much further after this game and if, if it's long-term. But Jacob Silverberg goes awkwardly into the boards. Uh, along. He gets tangled up. His left leg gets tangled up with uh, Mike Green along the wall. He's able to skate to the bench under his own power, but then he goes immediately to the dressing room. And that's that's terrible that's not good um, he was the, he's the he's the the main guy we're talking about trading here uh, and we'll get to Murray's statement on that later as well but uh, that's what everyone's kind of been looking at right he's a UFA and he is gonna be commanding probably four to six million dollars the ducks don't really need to do that they need to get assets and drive this team younger but not good to see Silverberg go down like that this is this is Bob Murray's perfect uh, moment here because now if
2: he's hurt, he can't trade him. And then he can say, oh, I didn't trade him because he was hurt. And now I have to resign him or we're going to lose him for nothing. This is a perfect storm for Bob Murray. I, I mean, when you lose, you you just – I mean, when you have bad luck, everything goes wrong. And yeah. the Ducks can't win a game. And, and now, luckily Ryan Kessler came back. Who also got injured tonight and left to the locker room at one point. But Silverberg, I think, is the big one, obviously. Nothing against Ryan Kessler, but if you're – trying to move Silverberg, which I think both of us agree you should do, if he's hurt. And with the, the trade deadline's not super close. It's still over a, a month away. About it's six on weeks. Yeah. 25th. yeah, it's on February 25th. But, you know, depending on what the injury is, it, it, the, the good thing is he got up off on his own power, and it didn't look like it was too bad because he walked off. He was limping a little bit, but it wasn't like he had to be helped off the ice and couldn't put weight on it. So maybe he just tweaked it a bit. Maybe he sprained his knee. Yeah. I I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Hopefully Hopefully it's not too bad because the, long, the longer he's out, the more it hurts his trade value at this point. Because he was starting to play pretty well. He was getting in a good opportunity to up his trade value, playing with Ryan Getzlav. and then, of course, he gets hurt. I, yeah. I mean, of course. What what else is going to go wrong at this point? I mean, Gibson gets hurt. We thought, John, we thought he got hurt last game. Luckily, he, he stayed in the game because he got plowed over by I can't remember, somebody on our own team. I can't remember who it was, but he got plowed over. I thought he was hurt, too. And everybody was like, oh, God, if he gets hurt, then you can seriously embrace it the tank is Ryan Miller's still out. So you're, you're going with Chad Johnson and what Calling up Kevin Boyle and going with those two, as you're, <laughs> as you're, as you're starting two goaltenders for the rest of the year. That's a, that's a full
1: embrace of the tank. Well, let's move along here to the second period. Cause literally nothing much else happened in that first period. Uh, go on to the second ducks get a power play and they, I was kind of like, okay, well, it hasn't been great, but, uh, they're actually able to convert on this one. Um, You know, Bertuzzi dumps Dodgson in front of the net. Dodgson actually swatted a puck when off the post. So they call a cross-check on Bertuzzi. Uh, Broadcast seemed to think that goal wasn't going to count. I mean, who knows at this point if that would have counted or not had it gone in. But the Ducks go to the power play because of that. Ritchie appears to get on the board. Getzloff finds that nice, perfect seam pass. And I got to hand it, man. Ritchie got free and then got in the nice, soft area of the ice in the upper slot. It was He ripped that puck and it apparently went off the foot of Ricard Raquel because they later would change the goal to Ricard Raquel. But Richie, in my opinion, uh, he's, he's been playing well recently. I mean, none of the guys have been putting the puck in the net. But, um, I mean, Richie, good wow. on him to uh, to help the Ducks get on the board early. That's,
2: that's where you want to get shots on the power play, right? It's yeah. It's a slot. And the Ducks haven't been able to do that. And, again, of course, though, they do get a, a little bit of a lucky bounce off Raquel's foot. I, I had just, I think, gotten home. After this goal went in. So I saw that Raquel had scored, and I was like, oh, please tell me he like one timed it off the half wall, and it was a perfect setup. Of course, it hits his foot <laughs> and goes in. I was just hoping like he was going to get going and that he just scored like a beautiful goal. Nothing wrong with it. He's in, in front of the net screening, and it does hit his foot. So, I mean, you give him some credit there. But yeah, Nick Ritchie, I mean, the, that's not the guy expected to be in the slot. Usually it's reversed. You would expect Ricard Raquel to be where Nick Ritchie is, and Nick Ritchie to be where Ricard Raquel is, and it would be going in off Nick Ritchie's foot because he's usually the guy who's in front of the net, and he's the usually the guy that's going to hit off of and go in. But I, you know, give some credit to Nick Ritchie. He's played pretty well lately. Nobody has really stood out and been amazing. No, the power play has been awful. So it's nice to get one on the board. But every time I think we say this, it's like, oh, it's nice they got a power play goal. Uh, oh, but it hit somebody and went in. Or it was a shot that maybe the goalie would want back. It's never like, oh, that was such a beautiful power play goal. It looks like the power play is getting going. It's never that.
1: No, but you take what you can get when you're on a, a skid like this 11 or 0 or 0 and 11. Jesus, wish you are on 11 or 0 skid or uh, run, whatever that is. <laughs> I can't even get my numbers straight. Uh, the only other. Exc- what is winning? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It's been since December 17th. Um, we'd also see another player drop. It would be Ryan Kessler. I I didn't really see the play. The broadcast showed he went into the boards, um, but didn't really go in. I I don't know. It just, like, I guess bumped into a Detroit player along the boards and then skated off. And Wentz goes to the bench, and it was, like, favoring his left side. Not really sure what the issue was, whether it was his hip or his knee. Uh, To end the period there, that was the most eventful thing. He actually came back out on the ice. And skated a little bit before going back to the dressing room. He would later return in the game. But um, that would have been unfortunate, too, just to have to uh, deal with yet another injury. I mean, they would have been down to 10 guys, and they were at, at one point in the second. But good to see Kess get up and go back to the bench and then able to return later on in the game.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, anytime he goes down from an injury at this point, you're expecting him never to get up again. That That's what I feel like. Because he. every time I watch him, I, I just feel like he's so frail out there. Like, he's going to get hit in the hip once. And he's just going to be done for the rest of his life. I feel bad for the guy. I was hoping he was okay. Luckily, he came back. I mean, at at this point, I would also wish Silverberg could have come back too. Because at least you know Silverberg is is doing something right now. And we could actually get something for Jakob Silverberg. We've been kind of harsh on Ryan Kessler saying he should get bowed out in the offseason. We both love Ryan Kessler. I'm not disputing that. But you look at his play lately. Is it really worth keeping him around at 6.8 when you can buy him out and pay, what, like 2.2 for the next four or five years? Probably would rather do that. Glad he's okay. But, again, he didn't really look too great in this game.
1: No, he didn't. Um, moving on, here's here's the, uh, the atrocity. The third period. <laughs> the Ducks had a lead going into the third period, three of their last four games, and would find a way to blow ah. it yet again. Um, but not before... Jimmy Howard had to make a great save Ricard Raquel would find Adam Henrique on the power play for a one timer and they were able to make that, that scene pass through the penalty kill and Howard just gobbled it up and the whistle didn't go nobody kind of knew where it was and I was like huh maybe that squeaked it didn't squeak and Howard covered it up but that was a turning point because had that goes in or had that gone in that would have been a 2 nothing lead for the Ducks and it might have changed the scope of the third period but uh, big save there on Jimmy Howard or from Jimmy Howard? Jimmy Howard's actually been good. Despite
2: the Red Wings being awful this year, he's kind of in like a similar spot as John Gibson. No, obviously not to the same extent, but Jimmy Howard's actually had a pretty solid season, and then just the team in front of him sucks. I mean, like we mentioned earlier, the Red Wings had won 13 of their last 16 games. The Ducks are on a 12-game losing streak now, um, and their goaltenders haven't really been the issue. It's been everything else. The Ducks can't score goals. The Red Wings can't get the puck out of the back of their net. And... And uh, they really can't score any goals either, well, I guess, at the, against the Ducks you can. But, yeah, I mean, he, he's been good all year. He's, he's kind of an enigma in that, right? It's like you never really consider him an elite goaltender, but then he'll have these long stretches where he'll just put together some really decent play and actually, like, you would put him up there with some of the top goalies in the league. But he just doesn't do it on a consistent basis.
1: No, and that's fine. It, he was supposed to be the guy that was going to be booted out of Detroit at one point. It was supposed to be Peter Mrazik's net. And then it turned out to be Marazic. Uh Had one great season, then fell off, and then got moved out. So, you know, good on Jimmy Howard to uh, to retain his own crease, right? Um, let's go on here in the third period. Let's get to the goals. There, I don't want to talk about any of notes. Let's, let's get these goals through because yeah, we have I mean, a lot of duck stuff.
2: They're, they're so – it's so depressing. Manta.
1: They're, they're not even that great. For Mantha to see you on a cross-size pass on a rush. Uh, puck gets deflected by Rowney, Mantha swats it in anyway. It's all of a sudden one-one. Nothing you could really fault on there. Um, just a great hand-eye coordination play by Anthony Mantha. And Gibby went through his arm in the body. That's a tough one, but it was across the. It was it was on the rush. And it was a cross ice pass. It was a great play. over there by Detroit. Gonna run through these next was Nyquist on a tip off a shot from DeKaiser. Gibby was screened. Gibby looked irritated after that goal. If you saw, but he like put his arms up. He's like, Are "You guys kidding me?" Dodson's right in front, um, yeah, battling with. can't the... do anything
2: anyway. Yeah. I think even if Dodson's not there, that's a perfect tip. Like he tips it out of midair; it
1: goes all the way down, basically to pad level on Gibbs. Through his arm in the body, yeah, yeah. It's but Gibby didn't even see the, the the Kaiser shot coming. I think that's what he was yeah. probably upset about is he didn't get a chance to see the original shot. Okay. Now it's 2-1. This is unreal. Again, we get to go to the third period and suffer through this. Uh, and then the third and final goal will be Darren Helm. Helm gets a, I don't know if it was deflected past Gibson, but uh, another chance. Oh, yeah. For sure it was deflected. Yeah. It looked like it was going on the ice. They went rocketing up. It was a, an unfortunate attempt to clear. I guess you could say lackadaisical clear there by Hampus Lindholm. Gets intercepted. Helm gets it back. And then he still has all the time to shoot with Lynn skating in front of him. This team has just died. They've just given up. <laughs> it's, it's it's all over. of a sudden now a 3-1 game. And that's all she wrote. We're at we're at 12. man. So I, I did it easy for 12. you. I went, I went quick.
2: Yeah, nobody wants to talk about that. I mean, they weren't great goals. I guess you can't really blame them too much for those ones. I mean, in the other games, you look at it, and it was some defensive lapses that led to it. But... The Nyquist goal, it's a bit of a screen in front, but, I mean, it's a tip. And what are you going to do on that one? And, and like, again, you, you're, I'm making excuses on some of these goals, but the Ducks just didn't play well enough. The fact of the matter is that the last three games, they've come into the third period with a lead, and they've found ways to lose every time. And now, this, I mean, you had three chances there going into the third period where you, the chances are if you're leading going into the third, you have a better chance of winning the game. And they found a way to lose every time. And the streak could have ended at uh, 10, could have ended at 11, could have ended tonight, but they couldn't close it out. And they just collapsed
1: I- I'm in- badly in every game. They can't keep it together. They just can't keep it together. Uh, looking at the chances, the chances were close. Um, actually, just two apart, 21-19 to 19 in favor of Detroit. And then high danger chances were 4-2 to two in favor of Detroit. There literally was not a lot of good hockey being played on the ice, but the Ducks just found a way to lose again. And and it's it's at 12, is it time to fire Carlisle? Is it time to start looking at Bob Murray's job? Is it time to start trading people? Oh, we had a trade. Andrew Cogliano. Uh, thank God he wasn't a leader in the locker room, part of the core, or a fan favorite, or nobody's going to get upset about this move, uh, especially for the return. He gets traded to Dallas for Devin Shore, who I mentioned earlier on in our broadcast here that he's seven years younger, a little less than a million more, or million per season, and I guess another year off the contract compared to Cogliano. That's a tough That's a tough trade for the fans, but uh, in actuality, it doesn't do anything for this team, positive or negative, when you look at it on paper.
2: No, it's just a weird trade in the moment. I mean, I, if this trade happens in the middle of the season, even at the deadline, you're like, Oh yeah, sure whatever they're getting younger um they're bringing in they're freeing up a little bit of cap space which bob murray said it was to sign silferberg but either way they're they're freeing up cap space getting younger it, it's a trade that makes sense i think it's a good trade but in the timing of it all it makes no sense when you're you're trying to get the leaders of this team to turn things around is a well-liked player the only thing that makes sense to me here is is bob murray's trying to send a message to to his team being like hey nobody's really off limits This guy's well-liked. I don't like the leadership. I don't like the direction that this team's going in. He's getting traded. You guys turn something around. And it didn't work. I mean, I don't know how you expect that to work. What are they going to do other than be pissed off? Do you think it's going to spur them into the right right direction? I mean, it, it reminds me a bit, it's not the same situation, but of the CEO's comments in Dallas where he just flamed Ben and Sagan. And that ended up working out. I, I don't think it was because of him. I just think they're good players, and eventually they're going to start playing well. But you know he took credit for that. And, and Bob Murray, if this team turned it around and they won tonight and they started winning games, you know he would he would say it was because he traded Cogliano and changed the culture in the dressing room. But we knew none of that was really going to change. He's just trying to, as Chip would say, provide a shiny object to distract away in the fact that this team is god-awful and they had, we're on an 11-game losing streak and he's like, hey, I'm going to trade this big name, as in like a big-name fan favorite, a guy that everybody knows and loves and distract you guys and maybe get you mad about something else while the losing streak continues.
1: Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's, a it's just unreal that this was the answer uh, and then he doubles down like he always does on Randy Carlisle not going anywhere That uh, that's not an option um, essentially is what he's saying, because he, he put a lot of this weight on the players. But uh, let's read his comment. He says, First off, as part of the organization, I just want to thank Cogs for his eight years of hard work, showing up every day, and being a total professional. We hope nothing but the best for him and his family. Okay, that's a canned answer, or a canned statement. We get it. Everyone says that about them. Even if it was terrible. Um uh, and then the next question, was this a message-sending trade? Here's big old Bobby's answer. We've been trying to change things since the last time we talked. This became available. We're trying to get younger, but we're also looking for people with a little more creativity because we're not scoring enough goals. So you're bringing a guy with just the same amount of production, Bob. Uh, he says, it's not fair to single out Cogs. It's not because of him. It's just something that became available. We're trying to get better because we're not good enough. That's horseshit. He, he accom- shit. He accomplished the, the getting younger part. He accomplished maybe saving a little bit of money. But in actuality, he didn't do anything uh, to make this team better. And I honestly feel like Hogliano is a better player. So it is what it is but uh how do you feel about that it was definitely a message sending trade because it wasn't like they went out and moved significant pieces right
2: I, I find it hard to believe it's just something that just became available after that night you know what I mean after he makes a comment saying he's not gonna fire Randy Carlisle and he essentially shifted the blame onto the players right I'm, I find it hard to believe that or I, it's weird that he thinks we're just going to believe that oh Dallas called him up that night and said hey we want Andrew Cogliano, We'll give you Devin Short. He's like, yeah, sure. I'm I, sure think, he's I think I think Nil. I out- didn't Nil come out and say it happened like a week prior. They were talking about it a week prior. I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I'm sure that's the case. And Bob Murray now with the the losing streak getting to the point where it was, he's trying to to make a statement. But yeah, I agree. I think I think Cogliano right now is the better player. Um, I don't know if long-term he's going to be the better player. I'm sure Devin Shore is a little bit of a a higher ceiling than Cogliano. He's a very similar player, maybe not as fast, but his specialty is the PK. Uh, His his, uh, shot attempts and his possession numbers weren't really great, Uh, but he's supposed to be a shot suppressor. So that is something the Ducks could use, even though they could also use goals. The Ducks could use a lot of things. And again, I don't think this is a bad trade. By any means, I don't think this is a bad trade. It just it's just a weird one. It's why do you need to make this trade now? Why, why like I at the deadline sure if Dallas wants a leader or, you know, to push try to push them into the playoffs. But it's such a lateral move. I mean, if you're trying to get this make this team better, then make a bigger move to make this team better. Move one of the defensemen, bring in a forward, or or make a big move. That's how you're going to make this team better. Or embrace the rebuild and trade Coglano for picks to try and make this team better in the future. It's such a a cop-out answer to say, oh, we traded Coglano for Devin Shore, and we think it made us a
1: better team. So let me read you this. So here's what Nil had to say, Uh, you know, the management team, basically, from uh, the Dallas Stars. He says... He knows that Cogliano won't light up the scoreboard. This is from the paper, or sports day. It says, won't light up the scoreboard like a top six forward. Nell said his acquisition will help him with more depth scoring. He says, we're going to play faster, and it creates more opportunities. When you get in on pucks, I think it's going to help our forecheck. In the end, you're playing in two zones, your zone and the other team's zone. He enhances that, which he does. Cogliano is a play driver. Cogliano is is someone who he's a he's also a penalty killer so he plays in multi-facets of the game i i think he's a better player even at 31 over devin shores 24 i think this actually makes the ducks worse all it does is really save them a little bit of money that's literally all this was to me other than maybe sending a message a little bit of money saving which apparently they haven't cared about the past couple of seasons and then also um, just to shake up the core of the team because he's a very well-respected player in that Ducks locker room, and is what else could it be? How does Bob not say he's not sending a message? I, I don't know, I,
2: I don't get it. And and David say, David says, "Sorry guys, Shore is better than Cogs." No, he's not. He's played I one. Well, I, I, I don't think. See, I don't think it's discernible. Just to, to say if one if one's better than the other, I think it's a it's literally a lateral move. They are they're almost identical players, and what. What you're going to get from them on the ice maybe the in the locker room it's a bit different sure Cogliano's 31 he's been around the team for eight years that's going to be different but that doesn't change anything on the ice if it did then the Ducks would have been winning games with Andrew Cogliano if, if what his presence in the locker room made a real difference so I I don't think it's it's really a big deal um I and again I think a lot of it comes around the fact that Cogs is a fan favorite obviously with the Ironman streak and everything that's going on he, he's just a, a generally a good guy as well so it, it's become a a bigger deal than it is but I mean it's just it's such a pointless move it's just such a lateral move and and, I, and the only thing that, that comes to mind for me is is like you said Bob Murray's making trying to make a statement that's it otherwise he doesn't make this deal if they're not on an 11 game losing streak I don't think he makes this trade there's no point there literally is no point to making this trade unless you're trying to make your t- team younger and trying to build for the future but he didn't even mention that he said he's trying to say that this is making the team better so he's hiding something he's trying to he doesn't want to come out and say that I'm sending a message. Just have the balls to come out and say I'm trying to send a message. We all know you're trying to send a
1: message. He, he says here you go, the, the, the question was asked, how does this trade impact the team? He says, this is all about us. I'm not here to try and just make the playoffs every year. You can do that and maybe you can make a push. But I'd like to get back to where a team back to where we're a team that if we get into the playoffs has a chance to win. Right now this team, I said it earlier, I don't believe this group has a chance to win. It's time for changes. We've heard it several times over the past couple of seasons and I we just haven't seen anything significant come through the pipeline to this roster to that would you know warrant uh, those comments where these are significant changes so he keeps going on with that uh, he, he just kind of wrap up this piece here with a trade talk he says I've been talking uh, for a long time I'm trying to create definitely every day we're trying to get better it's difficult but some things all of a sudden can happen I don't know when they will but my whole focus right now is on the players. We've got to get better. Unfortunately, with this group, some of our mid-20s guys, Manson, Lindholm, Bowler, who I thought would be taking on leadership and standing up, it's time for people to stand up and be counted. I'm waiting. Enough is enough. I'm a bit surprised. I thought some of the people would be farther along in this vein where they have the experience and they've been around enough where they know how to do it when the going gets tough. It's very tough right now. He is literally blaming the roster. That he put together, mind you, and gave Randy Carlisle, who doesn't know how uh, to do anything with an NHL team in today's day and age. So what is he going to do? I, I have never seen somebody
2: blame, like he's blaming the players by completely absolving himself of responsibility when they're the players he brought in it's it's amazing to watch and to see like he literally believes he's not at fault here and it's just the players but hey buddy you're the one who who put this team together there's a lot on your shoulders as well if if, if you if these are the players you brought in and all of a sudden they're not working out like you're saying there and they're not taking on leadership roles that's on you you're the one who brought them into this team you know it, it's obviously it's a bit on them as well but you're the one who thought they would get to that point and they didn't you're also the one who th- thought bringing randy Carlyle back would be a good decision and that didn't work out it didn't work out either now i i like bob murray i like what he's done for this team i don't like some of the trades he's made i don't like how sometimes he sits back and sits on his assets but generally the drafting that him and the scouting team have done have been really good one of the best in the league and he's generally not a horrible general manager but lately that's harder and harder to believe with some of the decisions he's making and and just how he's kind of been a hypocrite and not wanting to admit his own mistakes not firing Randy Carlyle because you don't want to fire him because you brought him in for the second time and it didn't work out not owning up and saying you know it's it's his fault because he built this team blame it on the players trading a fan favorite to make a statement i mean these are all desperate moves by general managers trying to turn things around you can't have a gm sitting there on a, he's not even he shouldn't even feel like he's on a hot seat he isn't but he's making moves like his job is at jeopardy you know, keeping the coach, not uh, owning up to your mistake, trading Cogliano. Like, why would why do you have to do any of
1: those? Don't know. He's just searching for answers. I guess you should start with how this this uh, team is being coached. I don't know why he's avoiding that, like the plague, but he is. Um, so here's what he had to say about Devin Shore. I like his hockey brain. I like the way he creates. I like when he has the puck. He creates things. Okay. Uh, we need a lot more of that. Unfortunately, we're losing some speed. So there he gives a little uh, tip of the hat to Cogliano's patented speed. We're very confident in Devin, so we should be okay that way just to change. We're younger, and that's what we have to do right now. Um, that's fine. Uh, Devin Shore didn't have a terrible game tonight, I didn't think. Um, we can dig into more of him after we uh, see him for the next five, six games, right? We can give more of a, a complete answer on how he fits in with his team. But he was also asked... What phase is the team in right now, Eddie? And he says it's a transition. Some teams have to go down and build it and draft really high for a bunch of years. I don't think we're in that category. There's your answer. We're not losing for Hughes. <laughs> we're not crapo for Kacko. We're not doing anything to get a draft pick in the top five or top 10. They, they want to stay competing. He says we have some good young players coming who have some success right now, and I want to keep that going. I don't think it needs to be a long process. That's why things like today were very difficult to do. They have to happen, so the transition doesn't take forever. So there's your answer, everyone. I mean, those of you who have already read it. He makes some good points. He He does. He makes some
2: good points, but he also then avoids trying to really say where this team is at. Now, I don't think the Ducks are in a position where they have to lose for a bunch of years, as he says. I don't think they're they're that bad, and I think the prospects that they have – are good enough that they're going to come in and make this a better team eventually so they don't have to be bad for a bunch of years but they have to be really bad for like one or two years this year included maybe next year get a couple high picks to rebuild this forward group and then move on goaltending obviously that's fine defense still pretty good i think when you when you have Linton, Montour, manson and Fowler, that's not too bad and then jacob and josh maher are coming up like it's not horrible. You can win with that on the back end. I don't think you need an elite defenseman, and I think Campus Lindholm, in my eyes, is an elite defenseman. He's a very good player. He's just being asked to do way too much at this point. Up front is, is the real concern. The Ducks have a lot of good young prospects, Steele, Terry, Comtois, Max Jones. They have a lot of good young prospects, Isaac Lindstrom, but they don't have an elite one. They don't have anybody who's going to come in and I think is a guy who's going to be on your top, Line in your top power play. They don't have that guy. They need to go get that guy, whether it's Jack Hughes or Capo or somebody from next year, Alex Lafreniere Quentin Byfield. They have to be bad for the next two years to get those picks. So he kind of avoids that, but also says that they don't have to be bad for a bunch of years. So again, Bob somehow seems to make sense, but also avoids taking any responsibility. I mean, he's just, he's a pro at it. He's, he's just a, he's a pro at it. He's just probably a lawyer, right?
1: Any responsibility. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Let's talk about his other comment, though. We got to rewind it a little bit here. Um, he talks about well, the player. Is this a Silverberg thing or no? No, I want to get to that. That's next. Okay, but because we have a
2: couple questions in chat, I want to get to before we lose them. Let's do it right now. Then let's go ahead, do that. We can go back to this anytime. Yeah, go ahead. YouTube YouTube chat's popping off, and I'm losing comments here. So David earlier in the chat asked Joel Quinville to the Ducks or Dale Sutter to the Ducks. Who would you rather have? Quick question. Quinville. Easy. Yeah. Quinnville I think Dale somewhere in Saskatchewan sitting on his ranch just enjoying not having to do anything with hockey at this point looking at his so shiny I, cup I, rings if I had to say for sure I would I would probably would either of them but uh, if you if you're meaning we have to pick then I'm going to say Joel Quinville. um Tyson said if the, the streak continues how far could we fall by the end of the season is a top five realistic if the streak continues a top five is realistic I still think with john gibson and net and the the players they have on this team i think they'll not turn it around but i don't think they're going
1: to be as bad as some of the worst teams if you're gonna do this you you can't play john gibson (laughs) if you're gonna if you're gonna go on the streak to get a player uh in the draft like that you have to put chad johnson and get a guaranteed loss every night yeah for sure um daniel said is this team in need of a rebuild
2: a la toronto and the shanna plan or a retail like boston or san jose a couple of years ago
1: Mm, i I think you and jay would say retool i know jay's not here but uh probably say retool is a little easier the the problem is is what you said eddie is that they don't have that that star player and this this league thrives on star players teams do look what look what just uh what um buffalo was able to do right i mean they got Rasmus dollon sure But they have Jeff Skinner and Jack Eichel lighting it up right now, right? The rest of the team's pretty mediocre. Um, They don't really have a a bunch of stars after that. Um, So I think the Ducks are missing pieces like that. They have Ryan Getzloff, who's amazing. Uh, His production is down this year, just like everyone else is on this team. But they need another center coming through. Before it was the big scary Ducks, you know, with Ryan Kessler and Ryan Getzloff. Yeah, 1-2, and now it's looking like, uh, okay, so Getzloff is kind of like Joe Thornton who keeps saying, who's after that? We don't have a Joe Pavelski, right? We don't have that next wave of center coming through the lineup. So I, I like your point. Like, they need to go out and get somebody that's going to be a star in this league. Uh, it's just the way it works. Uh, last question before you get to Silverberg from Ricky. He said, with the possibility
2: of losing Sylphie and Kessler for the next couple games, who do the Ducks bring up to replace the missing center gap? Uh, I don't think they bring up anybody. I think uh, Averick jumps back into the lineup, yep. and then you could probably just go... Um, you, you could probably shift somebody over to center if you wanted to, um, or you could bring somebody up. But I, I, don't, I don't know if at this point they're going to bring anybody notable up from the goals. It would probably be like... A Ben Street who comes up and like card around. moves up to the third line or something. I, I don't see them going out and bringing up a Sam Steele or a Troy Terry or to to play center at this point. I, I or even Kelly Costle, I just I just think they would try and either force somebody to play center or just bring up Ben Street and play him at
1: center because he used to be a center. they will probably do something like that. I don't think they're going to mess with the Gulls lineup too much. They're they're still on a roll, so I don't I don't really see them tinkering with that lineup.
2: All right, let's get into the Silverberg comments because we kind of put that off to the side.
1: Yeah, Uh, so Jacob Silverberg, as we all know, (laughs) these comments were made prior to tonight's game. Injured uh, until further notice. Uh, He was questionable for return but did not return in tonight's game. So Bob Murray was asked, how do you approach Jacob Silverberg, uh, an up-and-coming unrestricted free agent? He says, you take another crack at signing him, and we're going to do that right now, and we'll see where that goes sylvie knows exactly where i'm at and he's a good hockey player he's one of those ones right now standing up and being counted meaning he's in bob's good graces he's one of the players that he looks to um for production and that has been producing and, and likes him so he says i have to take a shot at it and we'll see where it goes um last i heard they were really far apart on contract talks <laughs> so i don't apparently, know what 950
2: k makes a big difference so apparently
1: so uh, we'll oh,
2: see man i don't know was we that the definite them. number yeah it was 950k they saved because uh devon shore is on 2.3 oh that yeah yeah, yeah 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 and is at 3.25 yeah that's how much they saved in the trade so that's how much extra cap space they have to sign Silverberg. so I, I i don't know how that makes such a big difference i mean it's a decent amount of money but if you're looking at four or five million dollars maybe even close to six for Jakob Silverberg. that's not a big deal 950k is not a big deal and then he's also like Dave brought here he's taking a spot from Steele Comtois Jones Lundestrom uh, you know any of those guys who could come up next year do you really want him doing that I I like Jakob Silverberg I like what he brings to this team. I think if they were good he'd be a valuable third liner a penalty kill guy a shorthanded threat I like him on a championship team when you're rebuilding trade him for assets I think that that makes the most sense at this point because if you sign him to five years, and you're not going to be good for at least the next three years, you, you I think you'd say everybody's ready and and ready to go. Maybe three to next three to five years until the Ducks are really good. He's going to be 32, and I don't think he's going to be the same player he is now. So move him now when his trade value is the highest. Get something for him, whether it's a late first, a second round pick, some kind of B-rated prospect. Just get something that can improve this team's future. Take a shot on, on a guy who maybe isn't playing that well. Maybe look at Josh Hosang and, and with the Islanders. Maybe go out and get a guy like that. Look how it worked with Pontus Aberg. He was a great addition to this team on the waiver wire. Daniel Sprong they brought in as a same similar type of guy, a guy who wasn't working in one organization and is working over with the Ducks. Make, make one of those trades. Make something. Get something for him instead of trying to force yourself to sign him and taking up cap space and spots from some of the younger players. So,
1: Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet was on Calgary Sportsnet 960. And this was yesterday. He said, um, he said, after the discussion about Randy Carlisle, Friedman noted of Murray that he made one trade today. So that was Cogliano. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to make some more. Um, Given the chance to expand on that thought, the insider says, I don't think I'd be surprised at all if Silverberg gets traded. I heard that Pittsburgh was kicking tires on him earlier in the year. I think the fact that Silverberg hasn't been signed yet as a pending UFA, I heard that he and the Ducks they weren't close or they were really battling and it wasn't or it was a hard grind to get it done, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's going somewhere too at some point. The other the other thing that Anaheim Fowler was out for a long time. He's a really big part of their team. Raquel was out for a long time. He's a big part of their team. I think Bob wanted to give those guys in the get those guys back in the lineup before really committing to making a coaching change. I mean, we'll see, but it's pretty obvious to me that he's going to be looking for, at a few things. So, there's a little Enemy. bit of insight that uh, Bobby was waiting and that Silverberg and the Ducks just aren't aren't getting it done right now. So, that's the news on Sylphie. I,
2: I'd, I'd have to look at his comments, he said, as well. I don't think he's... Gonna, he's not the type of guy who's going to outright come out and say that he is trying to trade Jakob Silverberg. No. So him saying that he's looking to re-sign him, that could just be fluff, and so that it, you know, he's not going to, again, he's not going to come out and make any, trying to drop any speculation. Bob Murray generally likes to avoid speculation on trading players. Even when Cam Fowler, when you, I think you'd mentioned in either in the stream today or last podcast, that Bob Murray had gotten close to trading him last year, and then ended up mm-hmm. signing him. And yep. there was no indication from Bob Murray whatsoever that he was ever considering trading him. I don't think he's that type of general manager where he creates controversy by saying, "Oh yeah, we're looking, we're not looking to sign this guy, or we're not close." Where he'll just come out and say, "Oh yeah, we're looking to re-sign him, and, and that's what we're hoping to do." And then by trade deadline, he'll get traded. I that's what I hope it is because I don't think Bob Murray's ever come out and said we're openly trying to trade a guy. That's just not his style. Um, but I, I hope he's making moves. You, you gotta hope he is at this point. Nothing's going right. You don't want to lose Jakob Silverberg for nothing when you can get assets for him. And maybe this is the year that they start trying to retool and they move out some pieces, whether that is the guys we mentioned before, Brandon Montour, Josh Manson, Adam Henrique, Cam Fowler. I mean, these are all possibilities at this point, some more likely than others. But if I had to put money on it, I don't think Jakob Silverberg is a duck after the trade
1: deadline. I would definitely put my money on the same notion. Um, so, what I wanted to rewind back to here was when Murray made the comments about not getting what he wanted out of his guys who were in their mid twenties, right? So he's got to be talking about Montour. He's talking about Fowler. He's talking about Manson. Um, I mean, who else is in this in this group that he was hoping was going to step up and and make a, and make us you know make themselves noticed and, and carry this team through? I mean, that's larger what you put on a superstar, right? That's something you put yeah. on uh, Austin Matthews, or or you put on a Johnny Gaudreau, or you put on a um, a Mark Scheifele, guys like that. I mean, it's it's tough to put that sort of pressure on guys who just they're not superstars. Ricard Raquel, they're not a superstar. I mean, but he sh- if, if
2: we're looking at the future of this team, he's going to be a big part of the future of this team. He he should be a twenty to thirty goal scorer, sixty to seventy point guy based off what we've seen that responsibility should fall on his shoulders at this point. He hasn't been good enough. Yeah, he's been injured, but he really hasn't stepped up this year. I think a lot of that should be on him. And then Cam Fowler as well. Again, had his injury problems, but hasn't really looked good all year. Josh Manson should be taking on a leadership role. He's wearing the A on occasion, I believe, isn't he? And he's been horrible. All year he's been horrible. He's had a yeah. couple of good games. Yeah. But he hasn't been good. So I, I get his comments. I can see that. I think we can all see that. There's a lot of players who haven't taken a step forward, and a significant number of them who have taken a step backwards. Pretty much every player has taken a step backwards, except maybe Nick Ritchie and Andre Cash. I think those are the only guys that were here last year, you could say, haven't taken a step forward. Maybe Brandon Montour, you could say, is either on par taking a small step forward. But not many guys have. So I, I get those comments. I understand them. I actually agree with them and that there's a transition in this team and some guys just haven't bought into it and haven't been able to fill the role that some other guys have had before. Um, but I don't think that necessarily means you give up on them all right now. It's tough to be a leader and for everybody, especially when you're going through a 12-game losing streak. It takes the, the guys who are really captain material to actually stick it out and, and still be a leader during a slump like that. Obviously, Ryan Getzlaff, he's a guy who can endure that. New, new territory for him as well, so it's interesting to see how he handles it. But, yeah, it, it, it has been disappointing that some of these guys just haven't been able to step up.
1: Yeah, it's a bummer, but, I mean, it's time for change, man. That's what we have to do. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a big, big proponent of burning it down and trading whatever we have to do to get, you know, the correct prospects um, or or picks in order to start uh, some sort of maybe even a partial rebuild. But uh, I do know there's guys in AHL, and I'm just frustrated. But I do know there's guys in AHL that could come up here and make a difference here in the next season or two. But you said it, man. There, there's no superstars waiting to get into Anaheim's lineup. We already would have seen them. Um, but to wrap the comments on Bob Murray, he says, Was it difficult? Uh, yeah, he was asked, Was it difficult partying with a core player such as Cogliano? He says, As much as some of us may sound like we're heartless, last night wasn't very good. Let's leave it at that. So, there it is. That's Bob Murray talking about bringing in Devin Shore for Andrew Cogliano, addressing Jacob Silverberg, and then also pretty much putting his entire team, who's in their mid-20s, on blast. So, it remains to be seen what's going to happen here. Not once did he mention his coaching staff. Not once. Nope.
2: Uh, Frank has a question from uh, the YouTube chat. He says, what changes or moves could we expect in the next 24 hours? Firing of
1: Randy Carlisle. (laughs) Just kidding.
2: Um, (laughs) Yeah, and he posted a video from NHL Network. I I did pop it up for a second. Um, I can't watch it with sound because we're on on the the stream right now. But uh, NHL Network, in the quote that they tagged it on, um, it was Mike Parrish, Mike Johnson, and Jamison Coyle were addressing the Ducks 12-game win list streak. And the quote says, they need a drastic change, and they need it now. It's about a minute and 40-second video, so go ahead and check uh, NHL Network on Twitter if you want to see that. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's obvious. They've needed a drastic change, and they've needed it now for the last five games. And uh, the only change they made is Andrew Cogliano. In reference to his question, do what changes do we see in the next 24 hours? I don't think anything. I don't think he's going to fire his coach after praising him and saying he's not going to get rid of him two games ago. I don't think he's really considering it. Um, I still think there's a small chance if they break the record that he's just going to be forced to or the ownership group is going to step in and, and do something at that point because now you've – set history and that's forever going to follow this team for the rest of until somebody else breaks it right that you're going to be the worst team in history when it comes to losing streaks that's not a fun thing to have on your resume so at that point maybe something could change but following tonight's loss I don't think they do anything I don't think there's a move made tomorrow especially if Jakob Silverberg is hurt I can't see anybody else on this roster being traded at this point
1: no, look, Randy's going to get the benefit of the doubt again for injuries. That's another thing, too. We've talked about it before. Yeah, yeah well, these guys were injured. Fowler was injured. Perry's injured. Ease was injured. Getzloff's um, missed time. You, know, you look up and down the lineup, most of the guys have missed time. So, who knows? I, I mean, when it, what, what I expect, exactly you said, nothing. Nothing's going to change here in the next 24 hours. If we were closer to the deadline, maybe – but uh, the ducks are really going to have to go full steam into this crash in order for Carlisle to get fired. But maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it takes anymore. If if this was, I want to say that coaches have done less uh, bad things in this league and been fired. Oh Wouldn't yeah, you sure. say that like
2: I don't. I I'd really like to know when the last twelve game losing streak was, and if uh, every time a coach has gotten fired or not. Because normally at this point, especially a team who was supposed to be good, like this, the Ducks aren't supposed to be on a twelve-game losing streak. They were supposed to be a playoff team this year. Maybe not a contender, but they were supposed to be a playoff team. I don't know any team that's gone into the season supposed supposed to be a playoff team and has lost twelve games, and the coach hasn't got fired.
1: I had them missing the playoffs just for so one. I, I had them missing
2: the playoffs this year. Oh, that's right, you did, <laughs> trader, at the beginning of the year. You also had Arizona. Uh, Whoa, well, hey, we don't stretch, need to talk about that. Ooh, we don't that, talk about that. That actually talk- might come true, though. You you might want to. <laughs> I, I had Carol. I had Calgary finishing top of the division. So makes that's, sense. Uh, makes sense. That's working out for me. Uh, you take the little wins when the Ducks are on a 12 game losing streak, right? Mm-hmm. We'll We'll look at our projections for other teams and hope that uh, that they come true. But no, I don't think Randy's getting fired. I don't think he's getting fired unless they they hit historic proportions with this team and um, Chase says do you think the owners would tell Bob to fire Randy maybe if he gets to that point but they seem like they're fully on board with what Bob Murray has and they handed him an extension they obviously mm-hmm. like what he's doing there so I, what you're going to have to admit that you were wrong giving him an extension by forcing him to fire the coach because I don't think it's going to come out in a statement that Bob Murray has decided to let this guy
1: go he's going to be like the ownership group told me i got to let him go He's not going anywhere. <laughs> I don't know what you have to do to get fired in Anaheim, but uh, Randy Carlyle's job is probably the safest in the state, pretty much. I think he has got a very safe job right now. Um, we want to get to some questions. You want to go to Twitter first? Yeah, I got to bring up. Letcotts is doing work in the chat with stats tonight. He said the
2: last losing streak of twelve was in New Jersey in twenty fourteen. So Ooh. even that, it's been what five, four or five years?
1: Yeah. Who was so a coach? Who was the coach then? I'm trying to think. It wasn't John uh, Hines
2: right? No, it would have. I don't even remember who their coach wasn't. Lou Lamorello behind the bench at one point in New Jersey. Oh, I, I mean, would really bad.
1: I don't know if it was that recent. I got
2: to find out who um, who New Jersey's coach was at that point because I want to see if he got fired. You would have to think. The oh, Devils John were. Hines
1: got hired in 2015. Okay, okay. So they must have stuck out
2: uh, the season. It was Pete DeBoer. Slip, That's dude. right. Before he went to – yeah, it was Pete DeBoer. Did he get fired in that, in that uh in Pete that DeBoer run? was f- – let's see. I can't even – he got fired December 26, 2014, so I think so. He must Yeah, have. he
1: must have got fired after that streak.
2: Uh, his record at the time wasn't that great, so yeah. Yeah he probably got fired on that streak i don't i don't see why he wouldn't especially if it was in 2014 that they had that losing streak and he lasted until december he lasted until just after christmas that's uh <laughs> that's pretty brutal uh yeah the current san jose coach yes david the current san jose coach pete DeBoer, mm-hmm. Uh had a 12 game losing streak with the new jersey devils um we'll get to actually some questions in youtube before we go everywhere else because we got Perfect. some here uh frank said could any one of our mid-20s guys that uh gmbm talked about could they be attached to a big name player contract to be moved so they could could they be attached to perry kessler fowler i mean fowler's a big name in his own right but um could you attach a could you attach like a montour with a, a kessler and move him or something like that
1: that's tough you got to have I, I see where you're going with this you would have to have kessler essentially agree to it because i mean he's got that no move he's not going anywhere um i, I could see fowler being moved Honestly, I could, but the organization kind of likes Cam a lot. So I wonder if it's along the lines of maybe a Manson or maybe the guy who was tough to sign, Brandon Montour, and you get some pieces, but that'd be dumb to move Brandon Montour. So um, moving it, like, you have to really figure out where the balance is. If you're going to move something you don't want, you have to, you're right, you have to attach a nice name to it um, that's a nice shiny object. And I think... Um, it's tough to move guys with no-move clauses. But moving a guy in his own right, like Jacob Silverberg or a Josh Manson or Cam Fowler, uh, I think those are all viable options for Anaheim. They'd be insane to uh, to get rid of Brandon Montour or Hampus Limbaugh, in my opinion. Yeah,
2: I, I don't think you can attach a big name to a big contract right now and move it. Uh, nobody's touching Corey Perry with the injury. Nobody's touching Ryan Kessler. You wouldn't want to move Ryan Getzlaff at this point. Those are the biggest contracts the Ducks have. Uh, Cam Fowler, he's a big enough name in his own right that you could probably just move him on his own, and somebody would take on that contract and hope that he could turn around and and be a top-four defenseman for them, which I think he would be. He's still a good player. But nobody's moving uh, with Kessler and and trying to get that off. It kind of goes in the Daniel's question. He says possible buyouts this uh, offseason, Eves, Kessler. Those are the only two, in my
1: opinion, and you're only going to do one. Yeah, you got to buy out Ryan Kessler. You have to. Uh, I mean, as much as it sucks to say, but uh you, you just kind of have to do it. He, he's taking up he's playing on the fourth line now. Unless he goes into the summer and is able to completely rehab and be back to close to what he used to be prior to this yeah. year, then you think about it, but at his level of play right now and the way he's able to produce on the ice right now, he's just – its do you really want $6.8 million sitting on your fourth line? No. No, not really. No, so, not at all. That's all the right, one quick, to buy
2: out. Quick update before um, we get into some of these questions from social media. Um, if for anybody who's new to the YouTube chat uh, for tonight or whatever, we got a lot of people in here. Make sure to subscribe so, uh, to the YouTube channel so that you know when we go live. It will give you an update um, so that if you're not following us on social media, it's easier to find. Also, it just helps us grow the channel. So if you haven't subscribed yet, please just hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Uh, let's hit up Twitter first with the questions because there was a fair amount on there. So let's see. Again, Skid McMarks on Twitter. <laughs> still my favorite uh, Twitter handle by far. Why doesn't Getzlaff shoot more? I feel as though he had some opportunities that he could snipe a shot to produce a goal or at the very least a good rebound. I get that he's a playmaker, but a playmaker should also shoot sometimes to make a play, right?
1: Yeah, he should. But um, I mean, this is a, a a question that's been asked time and time again of Ryan Getzlaff, and it's he just said it's not in his basically in, in in his makeup as a hockey player to be that guy to shoot the puck. He's always going to look for the play first. Unless it's like a bang-bang play, which we saw him score uh, a couple nights ago. So, uh, it's yeah. always just been Ryan Ryan Getzloff's M.O. He's, just, he's never going to shoot the puck um, and be a 25-30 goal guy. He's, he's done that a couple times in his career, but he's at that point now. I think he's just creating plays. I think he's done shooting the puck.
2: <laughs> but he, he should. I mean, he's a like you said, he's a 20-goal guy at one point, right? Like, he should shoot the puck more, but he doesn't. And... I don't know if it's just with age or just what he has to do with his team and or because he's just a great playmaker and he's never really shot the puck at, at a high level. Mm-hmm. But when he when he is shooting the puck, he's putting goals in the back of the net. And he's, he's actually not doing that bad this year. He has 10, right? 10 or 11. So he could realistically, if he gets hot, hit 20. So there are times where he doesn't shoot the puck, but he has more goals than I think he normally has at this point in the season. So it's not so bad for him this year. Just bad for everybody else. I mean – the fact that Getzlaff is almost tied with the team leading goals is probably not a good sign when you've got guys like Abberg and Silverberg who are also up there and the guys you expect to be up there like Ricard, Raquel isn't. So it's I, I think that's tough. I, I think asking Ryan Getzlaff to shoot more at this point, I think that's just kind of something we we hear all the time, and it's never really going to happen. It's just not. Not for him. It's just not the way he plays. Uh um Marks also had a question that we already answered he said who gets called up to play for Kess and Sylph while they're out injured uh, I don't think anybody gets called up unless it's like Ben Street they're not going to bring up Terry or Steele or Jones at this point
1: no it, it's going to be that's going to be Aberg's chance to get back in the lineup
2: um, Garrett asked he wasn't able to watch most of the game how did Devin Shore look tonight
1: in your um, opinion, you watched all the games. I think so. he looked okay. I think he looked okay when, when he was on the ice. Um, I mean, none of the guys really stood out and were awesome. Uh, I mean, clearly because they lost. But uh, I think he did okay in his debut. I, I didn't see him do anything uh, that you know negatively impacted the team.
2: Yeah, he'll be at his best when you don't notice him. And then occasionally he'll do something um, on offense that will make him noticeable. Like, I think he scored two goals against the Ducks or was that no that was I think that was Jason Dickinson when the the Stars played but he's looked good on occasion when the Ducks have played the Stars and like he has that in him every now and then but more so or more often than not uh, if you're not noticing him he's generally doing a good job because he's usually doing something on the defensive side of the puck or on the penalty kill and making good plays there so I think that's a good thing that we didn't notice him I think he looked good but I wasn't expecting too much from him I I mean I was expecting what I get from we get from Cognano right so I'm I kind of not disappointed, but I'm also not impressed. Um, Enrique says, out of all the Ducks jerseys that have been used throughout franchise history, which is your favorite? I'll let you take that one first. But I have to go recently. I do like the third jerseys, but uh, of all time, if uh, well, anybody watching on YouTube can see it in the background, I've got uh, Paul Correa, uh, the eggplant jersey hanging on my uh, my door so that that's the favorite i have to go with that one those ones were just so iconic i mean that's if you ask nine out of ten ducks fans probably all of them are going to say one of the mighty ducks jerseys i think i don't think many people's favorites are the new jerseys maybe the third jersey but again because it has some reference to the mighty ducks jerseys
1: i would say my favorite my favorite jersey like is is that one is it i don't like the the home the home one the white one i like the eggplant but uh, i also have the korea one but uh if i had to pick a favorite third jersey as much as i like this one i like the orange ones from last year my favorite is the one that says anaheim and it's black and it has uh has a little bit of eggplant and silver on it i do like that one and it's uh one of the jerseys i don't have so that's one of my favorite jerseys that i don't have and i'd like to grab honestly but um I got to go with PK's jersey too. I got to go with the and not not PK Subban, Paul Korea. Yeah, that, that's an easy one.
2: Uh, Ice Tigers forever on Instagram said, "Can this team go on a winning streak? Will they ever win a game again? And do they lose because Perry is injured?" A, lo- a lot to break down there. Uh, can this team going on go on a winning streak? Probably. They already mm-hmm. have this year. Uh, they are a very streaky team. At this point, it doesn't look like that's very likely, but I'm sure they can. Maybe a two or three game winning streak. I don't think they're going to flip it around and go on a 12 game winning streak, but I, I think any team can string two games together. The, the Detroit Red Wings just strung two games together with back to back wins, and they lost 13 of their last 16 games. So, yeah, they can. Uh, will they ever win a game again? Probably. Doesn't Pro- look like probably be anytime soon. Of course they will. They're gonna <laughs> get a like win. It's be anytime soon, but yeah, they're gonna get a win there's no way they're going to finish this season out and, and lose completely they're going to get a game where they get some puck luck or whatever yeah of um, course a game like tonight where they just don't collapse and they're, they're able to uh, hold it out i don't know when that's going to be because they, they haven't really played that well uh, as of late And they're playing some good teams coming up they play minnesota on thursday which isn't going to be an easy game uh but ending the streak against boudreaux would be perfect entertainment which would be which would be nice and that's going to be, be perfect, a tough game <laughs> a perfect <laughs> just... made for tv moment but yeah it's not going to be easy minnesota's a good team. So, Good-ish. I don't know. Yeah, they'll okay. win again.
1: Yeah, they're definitely going to win again uh, this year. We just don't know when.
2: Yeah, and I don't think they're losing because uh, Perry's out. No. I think he would help, but I don't think that he would make a huge difference. Right? So,
1: no, I would agree with uh, on that.
2: Let's see. On Instagram, we've got a question from Star Wars said, "What or ritual do we have to do to keep the Ducks players healthy?" Uh, if I knew, I'd be doing it every night so that guys don't go out injured
1: i think you we have to get all of us fans together and run in a flying v formation uh to honda center down catella that's the only way yeah that that's it that's I, well you guys can try it <laughs> that's, I the, that's it. the only way no you have to fly here like all fans have to do it so oh everybody you, has yeah. to fly yeah, yeah you definitely okay, have to okay, do
2: yeah. that. all right yosip says um how he wants a place to place a bet how long do you think the streak's gonna get I'm going to bring up who they're going to play next. I I already
1: know who they're playing. They're playing Minnesota, then they're playing the Devils, and they're playing the Islanders. I don't think they get a win. Jesus. It's so hard for me to pick on what team they're going to beat. Um, I'm going to say I hope they break the streak uh, for Jimmy, one of our listeners and Patreon subscribers. He'll be in New Jersey and in New York for the Islanders game. So I hope they break it in the Coliseum against the Islanders. That's that's for my, me that's if,
2: if it doesn't end against New Jersey, I think it could stretch all the way out until they play Ottawa or Philadelphia. Get which out is a few games from Get now. Get out. But really? New York the New York Islanders have been really, really good. Saint Louis has turned things around as the way they're scoring goals. And they've got an actual decent goaltender in, and Jordan Bennington who's been able to win them games. You got Winnipeg again. You got the Toronto Maple Leafs. Good luck with that. Frederick Anderson's back. Montreal Canadiens, and then you got Ottawa, Philadelphia, and Vancouver. So I think the the easiest matches for them if they don't beat New Jersey or Ottawa, Philadelphia. I mean, they could beat one of those better teams, but if we're looking at winnable matchups, you could lose against Minnesota. If you don't beat New Jersey, which should be the winnable game against that, then you've got to go against them, like four very good teams in a row. By the time you get to Montreal could be at 18 18 could be so let's see if we get to the record which game is that so minnesota would be 13 new jersey would be 14 new york would be 15 st louis 16 winnipeg 17 toronto oh my goodness (laughs) frederick anderson could be the guy who hands them their 18th straight loss in a row if he gets to that point it's it's just it's made for television
1: it's perfect
2: Mm-mm. it's meant it's, it's meant not to gonna be. go that
1: far it's it's just not they're gonna find a that, way to get out could of it here the
2: game that could be the game we were going to
1: <laughs> yeah I'll be in Toronto for that game so I don't know if I'm gonna be able to pull out uh if this, no a bank no. loan to be able to afford tickets to that that place which is so stupid insane but uh yeah I would love to go to that game but uh um, if the streak was at uh, at 17.
2: I would go. I would find money to go to that game just just to see the 18th. Just to
1: say you were there at like <laughs> the worst, we the rock bottom of a franchise. You're an ass. <laughs> it's fra- it's
2: a it's a franchise history moment. Got to be oh, there.
1: Got to be there. It's
2: like being there for Paul Korea's retirement. You got to be there for the 18th loss in a row.
1: It's NHL history. It's not just franchise history. <laughs> I mean, I thought Winnipeg had a worse streak. Than Washington, I have to go back and look. What with seventeen? Yeah, it was something stupid, right? No, I think... It was
2: it was San Jose, San Jose and Winnipeg. They they already looked it up with the records. With seventeen, mm, okay. the horrible or not Winnipeg, San Jose and Washington, Washington. That when they're like they're the worst team arguably in history. They they set all the bad records, most shots against, worst record, longest losing streak. Like they were just awful. And then San Jose, I would assume in their first year, I didn't really look, but. I think they were the other team who was was in that category of losing 17 in a row. Uh, Frank has a question in chat. Could you see the Ducks owner step in if the streak comes at 15 or 14 or 15 before reaching the 17th game and take action on changes without Bob Murray? Maybe. I mean... Um, I don't think you would let it get to 17. Again, I don't think they're going to let it get to historical numbers. I just don't think you can. You don't want to have that stain on, on your resume as being... as especially in a non-traditional hockey market, is now you have, especially like this year, and that's not going to wash away in a year. That's going to stick around for a couple of years where you're like, oh, remember that year where you were worse than the worst team in history and you lost 18 games in a row? They're not going <laughs> to let it get to that point. But even bringing in a, in a, in a new coach is, might not even change that. Because then you've got a new style they have to work in while also being on a 17-game losing streak. It yeah. could be like, oh, they win a game to end the streak and then they bring in a new guy. But... I don't think I don't think he's getting fired right now. I, I just can't see it happening.
1: It's not going to. Uh, uh, it's it's just not going to happen.
2: <laughs> uh, let's see. Jason says, "Can we bring all the moms back?" <laughs> Is that the last time they won on the moms trip?
1: Oh, uh, were they? Uh, was that the Pittsburgh game? Then maybe. Yeah, I think so. Pittsburgh
2: and the Rangers are before that, so I, maybe it might have been. Um, Dave says, do you think upper management should start calling their players horse shit to get them to play better? Oh. I mean, I'm surprised they haven't tried that yet. I mean, Bob Murray has basically said their horse shit without saying their horse shit.
1: Yeah, he's not going to say that. Um, he just won't. But uh, And that was the CEO of Dallas said that about Ben and Sagan. I mean, sure. Call out your stars. Go ahead. Do it. <laughs> do whatever you think you're going to do because you know you're not going to fire your coach.
2: Um. Dave also says, since there doesn't seem to be an end to this madness, will the Forever Mighty crew host a draft lottery draft party? Uh, <laughs> if the Ducks are in the lottery draft, the night of the lottery draft. I'll Ducks, host a I
1: watch party. Yes. I'll definitely
2: host a 30-minute show for that. <laughs> but the most annoying thing with the draft lottery they do now is they make it into a spectacle. Yeah. So they'll do every team except for like the top three, and then they'll play like two periods of hockey, and they'll come back in the second intermission, and then they'll, they'll do the, the other two. So yeah. They literally now make those GMs sit there for two intermissions, and uh, and then they draw it. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> or they you know they they probably record it and then let them go home and just mm-hmm. play the recording after. Mm-hmm. But it's just uh, it's all pre-recorded. I'm definitely, I'm down for that. If in the, in the if they're in the draft lottery, that would be pretty sweet. Yeah, let's um, do that. Let's plan on it. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph said, anyways, did we really just score on our very, very first power play without Ryan Kessler
1: it's Amazing been a minute.
2: happened when Ryan Kessler is not on the power play. The Ducks it's... actually can score goals.
1: Yeah, it's been a minute. And then I think Joseph wraps up uh, another Joseph. Joseph Roba wraps it up with uh, how many games does it take for Randy to get the gate?
2: Uh, I think it, I still I still believe if they get to seventeen or if they break the record at eighteen, there's going to be something. Somebody forces Bob Murray either has to make something happen or the ownership group steps in. That's the only time I think it can happen. Mm. I just like I still can't fathom it could get to that point. Like we're so close, we're only five five games away from getting to seventeen. But like that's still five losses in a row. Like that's still five games you have to play and lose. Like that a five game losing streak is a long losing streak. To lose another five games just seems unfathomable, and and it's just crazy to think that this team's lost twelve games in a row and and they haven't won in a month.
1: Well, let's let's ask the question and let's let's flip this around. Let's say. Let's say they win in Minnesota and then they lose <laughs> four or five more games in a row. Does that even that is that should not save Randy Carlisle's job. I mean he should have been fired in my opinion in the off season this year. Um, I don't care if they flip this around and they win the next three games and then lose again. like nothing that that um, that can happen this season is ever gonna make me think that Randy Carlisle should stay as a coach, but for Bob Murray, I don't know. I don't know if anything <laughs> Let, could change it. They might just ride this out to the end. Yeah,
2: Lacquard Le- said, "What's funny? We have we still have a five hundred records, still in the playoffs, and we talk like we're the worst team in the NHL." I mean, that's true.
1: I mean, we're like eight points from way. the
2: bottom. I mean, it's hard not to talk that way when you're on a, an eight-game or twelve-game losing streak, and really the only reason you're still you're in a playoff spot because you had that one stretch where you won nine out of ten games. Um. The Ducks have been very, very streaky. Maybe they can go on a win streak like that again. Who knows? But I don't think they're the worst team in the league. But right now, they are. The re- reason we're talking about them uh, like they're the worst team in the league because they're on a 12-game losing streak in that span of 12 games. Nobody is worse than the Ducks. The Ducks are the worst team over the last 12 games. So right now, they are the worst team in the league. So it's it's hard not to talk about them that way. I, don't think, I think there definitely are teams who are worse than the Ducks in, in roster composition and just the way they play and and just who they have available to them that i think will finish lower in the standings but it's hard not to talk about the ducks that way when they're on a 12 game losing streak and nobody's been nobody's been worse than them at this point
1: nobody i mean i mean look if you look at points sure there's worse teams but i mean they're not too far away from the bottom ottawa has 39 points ducks have 47 kings have 40 ducks have 47 uh they lost to the senators they lost to detroit Detroit has 43 points this season. They're playing worse than the teams that uh, that uh, that they're losing to or, are lower in the stand, or that they're lowering the standings to. So, yeah, and they're the only team that hasn't won a game in the last 10, 11, 12, right? I mean, we're at 12 now. So it's not a good look here, obviously. And I don't know what else to say about it because I don't know what's in, in Bob Murray's mind. And I can just hope that he wakes up tomorrow morning and says maybe it's time to fire my coach. And make a change here but um, I just don't see it happening man I just don't all right let's uh, let's wrap it up here um, with
2: one last question from Frank in the YouTube chat and then we'll wrap everything up he said do you believe the players have tuned out Randy Carlisle
1: I don't think so <laughs> I don't think so either I think this they love to you know they, people like to, to, to say that you know maybe they're losing to get Carlisle fired and that was actually asked um, to Elliot Tifford yesterday he had an AMA on Twitter and and he said, "No." The, he said, "The leadership in this team is frustrated. They're ultra frustrated by this. They don't. They're. they're they want to win. They. Their compete level is there. They. They don't understand what's going on with this team and why they can't figure it out. But they just can't. I don't think it's a an issue like that. I just think the Carlisle system sucks and it doesn't work in today's NHL. So I don't know. I, I don't think it has anything to do with the players tuning them out. Dave. Dave says no. Don't wrap it up.
2: let us <laughs> just do it. <that. laughs> to keep going but uh i mean we got it we got it because we're gonna keep talking about how randy Carlyle is an idiot and the ducks don't seem like they're gonna win any any games anytime soon uh, well a couple go- things yeah go ahead uh, on uh, on thursday uh for the minnesota wild game we will have an interview on that show i believe or it'll either be released before the show or the day after with paul campbell from in goal magazine we'll be talking and a the lot of about- yeah oh he is with the athletic okay mm-hmm. so with the athletic as well we'll be talking about uh, probably john gibson a lot most likely because he is a goalie expert we talked with him last year about john gibson's vesna uh, prospects and he said that he believed john gibson should have been in the consideration for the vesna obviously didn't end up getting that which we all thought was ridiculous but we'll see where he stands this year i'm sure he's going to be in the same position as he was last year where he thinks he'll get he should get consideration but he probably won't because the wins won't be there and the things that uh, the voters love he won't really have um unfortunately but uh, that will be a great interview me and Jason will be there for that interview which will take place in the middle of the game against the Minnesota (laughs) Wild so likely it will be released the day after Thursday so probably an interview will release on Friday Mm -hmm. on uh, YouTube and everywhere Um, another thing too if you haven't checked us out on iTunes make sure to go check us out and give us a review and a rating if you can there it really helps us out to just get the podcast out there so everybody can see it it helps us get noticed in iTunes itself as well so it's a great way to grow our podcast. Uh, recently we have done some gaming on NHL19 on Twitch so if you haven't checked that out yet or you haven't seen that on social media make sure you go check that out there and give us a follow so you can see when we're going live uh, on Twitch I just put the link in there but it didn't really go well on YouTube but it's TV slash forevermighty so if you just copy and paste that into your browser you'll take it there uh, we're trying to do that more often it's not like an everyday thing but we'll be playing NHL currently today. Me and Pat, we're rebuilding the Anaheim Ducks from the ground <laughs> up. And uh, we got Capo Caco, so it's a good start. And we'll be doing that maybe tomorrow, maybe in the next coming days. And um, I'm going to try and upload those to YouTube as well. So if you can't catch it on Twitch, you'll either be able to find it in the archives on our Twitch or hopefully upload it to YouTube. And then last thing from me, for everybody three stars, we do it at, uh, 45 minutes before every game. We post it up on our Twitter. Uh, it's three questions. You get points for each question you get right. It's always who scores the Ducks' first goal, what's the final score, and then we put up a random one after as well. Every, every game has a different random question. For every question you get right, you get one point on the monthly leaderboard, and whoever's leading the monthly leaderboard at the end of the month gets a nice, clean, customized jersey from our sponsors at Cool Hockey. Uh, a great contest. We love to run it. It's great to see everybody get a nice jersey at the end of the month. Uh, unfortunately cool hockey is out of the ducks third jerseys until middle of february you can still get one if you're the contest winner or if you want to use our code for fm20 to go buy one and get 20 percent off you can still do that uh you'll just have to wait till the middle of february to get the third
1: jerseys yeah but they're great um that's where you got to go to get one and i would recommend waiting for one because they're very nice but uh Another another shout-out, too, just to wrap this up, uh, Daisy and Jason, uh, our new Patreon subscribers. We really appreciate you guys subscribing and uh, helping out with the podcast there. And enjoy the bonus shows. We do those. We try to get one done every week. Uh, we have one coming up this week, and we're going to try to knock out the next two the next week or so so we can get them all in before the end of January. But, uh That's what we provide you guys, and you guys kick us some cash, which helps out the show, whether it's equipment, whether it's watch parties, prizes, stuff we give away. Um, Definitely go to Patreon and look up uh, Puck Guys Forever Mighty, and you'll be able to check us out there. But uh, that's it. We're long-winded tonight, over an hour and 15 minutes, Eddie. Let's wrap this up, and we'll talk to you guys on Thursday. Have a good one.
0: See you, guys.